Hey there, listeners! Hello! Welcome to Rhapsody and Reverie, episode 8. Don't hate. We're A- here to... Appreciate. And... It's fate that you listen to episode 8, because it's going to be great. This is dumb. <laughs> Last week, at the end of episode seven, was that this band collaborated on a song with a band that we've already covered. And the band that we are doing on this episode is... Fun! Yay! Woo! So exciting. And if any of you slept on that song, it was Come On! with fun and panic at the disco. But today is not panic day. Today is fun day. Yes. It's a lot like Sunday. But it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Arguably, it's a lot like Monday. But it's even more fun than Monday. It's a lot like a lot of days. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I guess we could talk about how we first discovered fun. Sounds like a good place to start as any. Yeah, good place as any. So how did you? I discovered fun probably around 2009, 2010. And the reason is I actually discovered Nate Roos's prior band first. If you did not know, Nate Roos, before starting fun, was in a band called The Format, which is an incredible band i just (laughs) so it's funny because i discovered the format through a game on my ipod touch called tap tap revenge oh (laughs) do you remember tap tap revenge (laughs) vaguely i wish i i wish i could say it was this super cool like indie discovery where i was like yeah, I was reading some cool indie music. Nah, I was playing Tap Tap Revenge on my iPod Touch. But anyway, yeah, the song <clears throat> She Doesn't Get It by the Format was on Tap Tap Revenge. And that's how I discovered that song. And I loved that song when I first heard it. And I then was like, I need to listen to this entire band's discography so because it's, it's so cool. And I did, and I loved it, and I was blown away by the songwriting particularly on the dog problems album by the format and then i wanted to find out more about the band and learn that they had actually split up already mm-hmm. and that nate bruce the primary songwriter for that band had started a new band called fun 
So that led me to listen to Aim and Ignite, Fun's first record. I believe the first song I heard off that record was Walking the Dog. And I instantly fell in love with Aim and Ignite just as much as I loved before Matt's record. Because if you, if you listen to Aim and Ignite, it definitely has a lot of the same flavor of the format. It's not the same, but Nate Roos's writing style is very prevalent mm-hmm. in both projects and sort of acts as this wonderful guiding light. Although it's, what's really always fascinating to me about Fun is that you have three talented, talented individuals that are able to just come together and blend their styles into one cohesive unit which has always really um, drawn me to them because they're able to balance those creative differences so well because when you listen to Jack Antonoff's other projects and Andrew Doss's other projects they all have very different and unique perspectives they really do yeah, they're they're all different people within their own right, but they all come together so seemingly effortlessly. They they just have this magical sort of groove that they're able to fall into in a way that I imagine is probably very challenging to find cuz there you hear so many stories of just people butting heads creatively, but you I've never really heard about that with fun. Even now, as fun is sort of, they haven't technically broken up, but they are on a sort of hiatus. Um, yeah. It doesn't really feel like they've really broken up or gone their separate ways, really. It feels more of just a fun in some ways felt, feels like more of an artist collective than a band at times. <laughs> it's like this like beautiful brain trust that came together to f- um create this exceptional body of work and then they're like, "All right. That was fun, guys." That's a great way to to describe it. Like I I never thought about that I never thought about fun that way, but that is a really on the nose point like because they all seem to be doing pretty well with their solo stuff but yeah there's something very unique about the three of them as as one cohesive unit it's um they're cohesive and yet at the same time it's very fluid in that they can leave and come together whenever they want that was always very cool and refreshing for me and when i discovered them it was it was also one of the first times that i sort of noticed the care and craft of songwriting nate Roos's writing and lyrics in the format and then later on his work with andrew doss and jack antonoff and fun made me really sit up and take notice of the intricacies 
of mm-hmm. putting together turns of phrase and imagery and metaphor in music. But yeah, how did you discover fun? How did fun enter your life? Um, in the super casual way of like when when uh <sighs> when some nights and we are young like exploded on the radio at the same time and they were in the top 40 for a, a while and i was like oh this band's cool and i didn't do any further research into that until coming to college and hearing you and another friend singing this one of one of their songs off of their album sun nights and i was like oh that's an interesting song so that's what prompted me to go and actually delve into their discography was was talking to other people, namely you, who already likes fun. And I love discovering music that way. Because of that, I always associate fun with you. Yay! Because, because like, you got me interested in them, but you also helped me think about their lyrics and their sound in a much deeper context than how I would normally approach a band, like, in general. And I and I love that. So to me, they're as they're as complex and fascinating and multi layered as you. So Aww. I I like associating fun with you. Aww. And they just have, they have a really fun sound. Now I, we're gonna say the word fun a lot. <laughs> Way too much. Way but. too much. But anyway, like I like I don't have a, a great intro story apart from what I just said. So, uh, without further ado, you want to dive into the albums. Yes, okay. So we are talking about their first album, Aim and Ignite, which is definitely one of my favorite albums, period, in the history mm-hmm. of all time. It's it's delightfully weird. Like it's it's very unique. And the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, this is nothing like how some nights sounds. Yes, which is why <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I because as you said, um, I sort of was, I guess I sort of helped you get into fun. I remember mm-hmm. having a conversation with you one time and finding out that you hadn't listened to their first record, and yep. I was just like, I was like, you need to do this because there's so much you don't know about fun. If you haven't listened to their first record, I get this way basically with anybody who ever tells me they haven't listened to Fun's first record. I'm just so adamant that you need to listen to their first record. Not not to disparage Some Nights, because I love Some Nights, mm-hmm. but I also, I I just want everybody to admire the beauty and craft that is in Aim and Ignite, because it's a beautifully weird album, like you said. It's so interesting, it's so cool, and we might as well start off this discussion with the first song, because I think the first song basically personifies that beautiful weirdness so well. Be Calm is the first song on this album, and it blew my young adolescent mind when I heard it the first time. I love that song. It was so much a me song, again, which isn't an, a great thing. It's not a particularly, like, pop, like, it's 
not a positive song, really. It's this frantically energized song that is kind of sounding like a person on the verge of a mental breakdown who's navigating through life and is trying to reconcile all these different things happening around him. Mm-hmm. And I love the buildup of all these different instruments in that song. Um, it's just so layered. The, the ability of fun to put all of these different instruments on this track and have it sound messy and cacophonous, but still good. Cacophony on the surface is easy, but having it still sound pleasing in a musical way, I don't believe is easy. Mm -hmm. And fun is able to do it in a way that makes you want to keep listening. And I love that about that song. <laughs> and I also love how it starts very slow. You have that beautiful violin and Nate Roos's voice in the beginning. How it gets, it's very high. There's almost a quiver in his vocal. And it feels very scared and soft and small and afraid. And then over time on the song it just gets more and more wailing and it's just oh my god it's so cool i i could speak for years about this one song alone i could go line by line that's the tell that you're in for a good listen if if you've never heard this album if you weren't sure about it go listen <laughs> Uh, I Wanna Be The One is such a good song. It's so cute. Uh, it, it, I Wanna Be The One showcases um, a lot of Nate Roos's strengths in songwriting, too. Mm -hmm. Like, his ability to write a really great love song hook. Yes. Is, it's just so, it's so admirable. It's, it's nice because when he writes a love song, it's sweet and it's adorable, but it's also not gross. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I don't know. Because people can get sappy and disgustingly adorable, but, like, when I listen to I Want to Be the One, it's just kind of nice for all the steps you take, for all you've overcome. I want to be the one put it in a song. Like, that's, that's so, that's so kind. It's so wonderfully kind. Now I'm getting all doe-eyed. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. But that's, you know what? I like it when music can do that to you. So, no complaints. Yeah. Anyway. At least I'm not as sad as I used to be is super dope. That hit me in the feels. I hate that phrase, but there's no other way to say it. Well, yeah, there is. That song really, really hurt when I first heard it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 
it it goes right for the jugular. That's how I felt in my freshman year of college. That's that's how I felt. Not not that I had been depressed before. <laughs> so like at least I'm not as sad as I used to be. Part like the the used to is is a little whatever. But the whole um seeing your friends have fun without you and mm-hmm. uh, wondering how they've progressed so far while you're still in the starting gate, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you didn't need to put this in a song, but you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you didn't need to, but you did need to. <laughs> I, def- uh, I-, I definitely needed this song. As sad as it was, I needed it. It was... That's fair. Because <laughs> it's, it's kind of... It's kind of just a uh, confirmation of, oh, well, you know. At least, Say la vie. <laughs> at least things are kind of better, but no, they're not. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a song that you can sort of use to pump yourself up in a way. Like, I, it, 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 I like that it has the tone and the, and the, the feel of a drinking song. Yes, it's definitely. Like, <laughs> there's a, there's such there's a sarcasm, which is why it's oddly comforting. In a way, I don't think I I I, I let me backtrack it. The the drinking song tone is perfect because isn't that what you're trying to do when you're when you're when you're singing a drinking song and and you're at a and you're at a pub. And mm. and you're trying to forget about your troubles. You're trying to make yourself less sad. A lot of drinking songs are depressing. Like we're talking old English, old Irish, whatever. Those drinking songs are just kind of sad. <laughs> and 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 the whole point is to laugh at the tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to look on the bright side. And I guess that's what fun is doing in this song, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's I definitely, appreciate it. It's definitely um it's a modern day drinking song. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a song you listen to when things aren't great and you kinda just wanna forget about it for a while. But they could be worse. But things so, could be So you, raise a glass. <laughs> you've been at lower points, so <laughs> you might as well enjoy the fact that you're a few feet off the rock bottom. Yep. But yeah, it's definitely, it's a fun one to sing along to. (laughs) Yeah, you can't get any better than the title. At least I'm not as sad as I used to be. All the Pretty Girls that's another fun one. Um, Yeah, it is. That's like, it's, it's fun in the same way that Girls by the 1975 is fun. (laughs) Did you see yourself in this? (laughs) Because I wasn't a teenager when I first heard this song. I don't know, to to me, I just jumped straight into just appreciating the lyricism and the original message, which is him trying to get over his ex and get into dating other people, but he's like not over her. Um, and I have to say, I really just, I really like the line that's in that song. Um, I'll say I've never heard the tune, but I have, I just hate the band because they remind me of you. 
Yeah. I I can appreciate that lyric as mm. because that's what I, I, I do this with everybody. I, I I start associating musical acts or songs or or what have you with people. And then if that person's relationship with me goes sour, I can't listen to that song or that band for a while. And um I get it, Nate. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just a it's a really clever turn of phrase, just the way he phrases it. Yeah, his phrasing is so so clever on all of his work. Literally like, all of them. Every yeah, everything every single line he writes is just so clever. It's it's what I love about Nate Roos and mm-hmm. um his ability to write songs. It's a great song. It's it's, it's a great song. It's not only a certified bop, it's also depressing as as all get out. <laughs> yeah. It it's great cuz you you dance, you're having a good time and then you're then you realize, "Oh, he's hurting." <laughs> Why are so many of the bands we've covered this season like this? Cuz we're like this. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I really love that that that's <sighs> Some, something about a band that can that can again, we we've done this three or four times now where we've picked bands that that do that beautiful balancing act of having sounds that aren't necessarily depressing but somehow mirror very well the the strained words because because a lot of <laughs> I love how this album is basically I'm stressed out. And I'm looking for relief somewhere, but yeah. I'm not finding it. <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, it's, it's it's one big ball of anxiety, and yet it's a really soothing album to listen to. Is that Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. I think the main reason why I loved this album so much when I was, when I first heard it was because it was so much an album filled with this frantic sort of anxiety and quest for peace and quest for relief that was all still elusive. I -hmm. love that about this album because it made me feel understood and it made me feel like somebody got how I was feeling. And it's that's still how this album feels for me. It's just an album that makes me feel it makes me feel calm. Mm-hmm. As it is, like like the song "Be Calm." That song, as crazy and frantic as that energy is, it makes me calm because it 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 takes what's inside and externalizes it. It pushes mm-hmm. it out of you. And I think that's what's compelling about um, bands and artists that are able to sort of play with um, play with the juxtaposition of depressing, sad, um, anxious lyrics and these positive instrumentation and musical mm-hmm. constructs. 
That's why I love Be Calm. Like, to, to me, like, when I heard Be Calm, like, I knew in that moment, yeah, this is about an anxiety attack. Like, you can hear it. And, mm. and but at the same time, while an anxiety attack is not pleasant, uh, the, the song still somehow manages to be pleasing to my ears. Like, there's nothing about it that, that grates on me. Like, like how your brain makes noise when you're having a panic attack, mm-hmm. which is, is marvelous to me. That, uh, like you said, that they're able to externalize all of this internal struggle and make it melodic. Yeah. And I, I'm enchanted by that concept. Do you want to go ahead and kick us off by letting us know what your favorite songs are? Sure. Um, so first favorite song is Walking the Dog. Because I love that. I love the beat to the song. I love the general, I love the rhythm. I love, like, the words are weird, but it's so great. And there's something about that chorus that I really identify with, even though I'm not sure I even understand. Like, there's something strange about the desire to be seen and yet to not know what about you you want seen. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not even sure completely what you want, but I, but you still want somebody to see you anyway. Um, also, it's a perfect song for walking down the street, too. Oh, yeah. It's a, like, it's with your a, headphones in? It's a strutting song. Mm-hmm. It's a strutting song. I wish I was in, you know, when, like, people in music videos enter into that world and then suddenly things just appear, like, fantasy melds with reality, and you're like, yeah, this is a music video. That's mm-hmm. what I envision when I hear this song and I walk down a street. I'm like, this is my music video. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number two is The Gambler. Oh, my gosh. That's because the, it's so beautiful. Makes me sad and, and happy all at once. And in, in doing research for this podcast, I found out that the line where, where he says, uh, where he talks about not buying her rose he's gonna just buy her a flower shop so she'll never be lonely. Mm-hmm. His dad actually did that for his mom. So cute. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful love song of a life that's been lived. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I appreciate that. I'm a sappy romantic. And I think number three is gonna have to be at least I'm not as sad as I used to be. Mm, good choice. Because it got me through some rough times, so cheers. It was gonna be Be Calm, but I was like, yeah. I really like the the na-na-na-na-na-na line, like the, the, the tone that the, that the girl has to vocalize. Yeah. It, it sounds like an old kid's taunt, and I love that. It's so weird. Yeah. It, There's something, and it's and it's like his brain is teasing him and taunting him too in the middle of it. Yeah. So I like the juxtaposition that's there. Yeah, yeah, it's such a great song. So you, what are your three favorites? Okay, this is very hard um, because I love all of these songs. I know I say that like every episode, but this, this is, is harder for you though. This is this extremely is very hard because I this actually is... love every you actually single do. one of these songs. Okay, light a Roman candle with me. Okay. It's gonna be my first pick. Because that song is probably one of the most 
genuinely peaceful moments on the album. Yeah. And it reminds me, specifically, it reminds me of a very good friend of mine. It reminds me of sitting on my couch with my good friend at two o'clock in the morning and having conversations about life. Uh-huh. Um, which is something she and I did um at various points growing up. And so when I listened to Light a Roman Candle with me, that feeling of just peaceful, happy contentment with someone, I think is there within the song. And mm-hmm. so I'm brought back to those feelings that I've had in my own life with people and yeah i i just think it's such a beautiful it's such a beautiful earnest song of friendship and love and just overall contentment with the moment that's beautiful it's a song that makes me feel present which is very difficult for a person like me (laughs) i'm very much a person that's in my own head a lot but that song sort of brings me back to the present moment um so yeah that's definitely definitely one of my favorites number two i'm gonna go with i'll go with be calm um because again i won't say too much about this since i've gushed over it but again it was a song that got me through high school basically third one i am gonna agree with you and go ahead and say at least i'm not as sad as i used to be because that also was just one of those songs that i needed to get me through the day sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just sometimes i'd wake up and just be like i don't want to do this and then i'd put on that song and remember well at least today's not as bad as it has been so, yep. mazel tov. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> Sometimes that one sliver of hope is all you need to keep going. Um, so yeah, those are my three favorites. But literally every single one of these songs is my favorite, honestly. Like, it kills me that we weren't able to talk about all of them. Take Your Time, Coming Home, Benson Edges. They're all just so impressive. Look, Bar you lights. guys have to go, if you haven't, and I hope you already have, but if you haven't listened to this album in this full, front to back. to it. Do mm-hmm. not sleep on AIM and Ignite. Uh, that, if you walk away with only one thing from this episode, it should mm-hmm. be that. Do not sleep on AIM and Ignite. That is all. This has been a public service announcement of Rhapsody and Reverie. But now we move into 
their second album, Some Nights, which was, again, my introduction to them. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, when I first heard We Are Young on the radio, I got mad. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because the verse hyped me up with the rhythm and the tempo, and then the chorus is very slow. Or not, not very slow, but it, it, it slows down in comparison to the verses. Like, there's something, it's like a ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Like, that's the rhythm, uh, and I'm really bad at actually naming tempos. But um, it, was, it was fast, and at the time I was craving something a little faster, more energetic, and then the chorus comes, and it's like, ba da da It's like, ah! <laughs> See, I wanted it to carry. And, but the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated what he was doing. Yeah. Like, I, I got it later, but I'll admit in the first, the first time I listened to it, I was like, mm. Yeah. Does that, that's, that's what I love about that song, because it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the fake out, because that song, it's easy to sort of want to brush it off with a title like that, or, a title like We Are Young, you think, yeah, oh, it's going to be one of those songs about living and partying and having a good time and being all like, yeah, we're young kids. We're mm-hmm. out, like, we're doing all, we're going to go out, we're going to have a good time, we're going to go to this party and all this stuff. But that song is not really like that. That song no. is, it's, it's, it's actually kind of sad. Yeah, it's actually rather um, melancholy. It's just, it's more of a, it, in some ways it's set at like a party in some ways, but it's that moment in a party where you look at the chaos around you and you recognize the moment as being one of revelry and celebration but you also are struck with the fleeting nature of it all yeah like you recognize your youth and then you also instantly recognize the fragility of it at least that's how i feel when i listen to that song yeah it's this feeling it's this bombastic feeling of, yes, we are young. We can go out. We, we'll get higher than the Empire State. We'll do all this crazy stuff. But also, <laughs> uh, at the end of the night, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go home. Somebody's going to go to bed. I'm going to have to go to bed. I'm going to live my <laughs> life. And suddenly, all these days are going to be gone. I'm going to yeah. wake up one day and I'm not going to be here in this moment anymore. And that's why it always baffled me that that song blew up as much as it did. Because I'm just like, guys. Because the chorus is pretty. Guys. Like if, if you take out the context, if you take out the, the self-awareness, um... <laughs> Like the chorus is tonight we're young so we're we'll set the world on fire. Like within the context of the rest of the song it has a different meaning, but if you just look at those lines, 
It's a party song. It, it, it's a party song. With, a within song. the scope of the chorus. But I, I think the whole tone of the song is not a party song. Yeah, no. But that fooled all of America and the world. <laughs> I guess. Or at least a year. Um, to me, that song means something different. Um, I gotta say, when I first heard it a few times, I, I heard the lyrics. Like, I, I understood that there was a... Um, my seat's been taken by some sunglasses asking about a scar. I thought that meant some dude was trying to steal his girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't understand that the implication was that a cop was speaking to his girlfriend because she had a scar that was a tell of domestic violence. Mm. Like, I didn't get that. Um, That's fair. So I didn't get it initially either. I thought it was also about a dude trying to pick up this girl. Yeah, right? Like, I, I, I thought for a while that that was what the song was saying. But it makes, give me a second, I need to get my story straight. It, it gives it a little bit more weight because he needs to, like, process. Like, it's implied that, yeah, he hit her. And, yeah, like, this happened. But that they've been trying to work past it and that they've been he realizes now that just saying I'm sorry is not enough so the whole carry carry you home thing is I'm gonna prove I love you by just doing things that show that I love you and not through words because I realize that this is like to me this song is a turning point in a relationship where they both decide we're going to heal from this and we're going to work on our relationship instead of giving it up. Yeah. And I'm sure that's the actual interpretation of that song. <laughs> I, well, who knows? Who knows? Like, like in a way, maybe he wrote it as a, yeah, I want this to be America's party song for the next five years. I, 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 I doubt that. But who knows? I All mean, right. not to, not to speculate on what the art, um, the artist intends because everybody has their own interpretations of music that's why music is so great i mean i interpret it as it being about the fragility of youth and you interpret it um in probably a more accurate way of well and and i don't know if there is a more accurate way Uh, and of course i didn't listen to the commentary album where the commentary that was on this album, I should say. I think, though, it's safe to say that, like all the other songs that Fun has has done, they're layered. There are there are different layers and different meanings that are all present in their music. So I think both of our interpretations are correct. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like yours goes hand in hand with mine, because yeah, our youth is fading and it's very temporary, and. If we're gonna make our lives work, but we but we better sort out our problems today, because this is not gonna last forever. Yeah. So, we are young grew on me. <laughs> it had to grow on me, but I love it now. I gotta talk about some nights. Uh, you got it. Cause some nights is. I don't think that was the first song from this album that I heard. I think mm-hmm. We Are Young was the first song, because I think that was the first single. 
Um, but Some Nights was the song that made me super hyped for the album. Because it is such a hype song. Mm-hmm. This this entire album, the Some Nights album, is so hip hop for fun. It's it's fun's interpretation of hip hop. Yeah. In some ways, I mean, not not actually, but it's them marrying hip hop influences within the context of their own sound um and that is so exemplified on some nights that particular song and i love that song it was a power song for me for the Mm -hmm. longest time because it just the chorus slaps you in the face almost it really does. Because it's just, it slaps you in the face with this question of just, what do you actually stand for in your life? What matters to you? What are you doing? Where are you? Who are you? Yeah. And where are you going? And I, I loved that. And I needed that. I always mm-hmm. need that. And... It's just so great that this song exists. I just, I it's hard for me to say anything else that I'm just so happy that this <laughs> song exists. Cause I, it, yeah, I was, I just, I listened to this song over and over whenever I, whenever I'm feeling lost, I listen to this song. And it so when you're lost and alone and sinking like a stone, you listen to some nights. <laughs> I also listen to Carry On. <laughs> Carry On and Some Nights were my were definitely of my, two of my sort of songs that I'd go to. Um, yeah, Carry On actually um, is a special one. It made me mm. it made me cry. Um, on multiple occasions. There are two songs on this album, actually, that made me cry. Um, Carry On and mm-hmm. All All Right. Um, Interesting. Some Nights made me cry. Yeah, I, I can imagine that it, it definitely has a... There's a catharsis in Some Nights, I think. Yeah. It's this... There, it reaches this overwhelming pitch of just... Yeah. It's it's the existential dread married with hope that you'll figure it out someday. Yeah. So to to me I was like, "Oh, good. I have that to look forward to." Mhm. But um why did All All Right make you cry? The lot it's specifically the line, "It's all all right. I've got nothing left inside of my chest, but it's all all right." That'll do it. Slaps you in the face. It it. Yeah, I I put that song on once when I was in the middle of, um, honestly when I was in the middle of having a panic attack. Um, wow. And I heard that line and I just started sobbing, um, because it just felt so true in that moment. I 
I just felt so empty. And I've, I've, it's just so overwhelmingly empty, but still having that chorus just say, I've got nothing left, but it's all right. Just, it was a reassurance of, hey, you feel horrible right now, but there's something out there that is there to make things okay. There's something out there for you. Mm -hmm. And because of that, things are going to be all right. And, yeah, it is definitely a song that I, um, I go back to a lot when I'm feeling particularly drained and beaten down um, and devastated because it just reminds me that even in those moments when you feel like you have absolutely nothing, you can still choose to say, you know what? Fine. It's going to be fine. Even if it's just in a sarcastic way. It, yeah. Like, it makes you feel better just to be able to say it's, it's all right. Because you, you just need to hear that sometimes. Even if, even if you don't believe it, you just need to hear it. Like, you just need to hear someone say it's going to be all right. And so that was what that song did for me mm -hmm. and continues to do for me. So that's why All, all Right made me cry. <laughs> um, and Carry On is kind of more obvious, um, I think, as for why it made me cry. But Oh. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Also, a note about All All Right is that the lines um, are sort of in reference to a friend of Nate Roos who was actually in or around the World Trade Center during 9-11. Oh, wow. And he was waiting to find out if they were okay. And that is also rather heavy. So, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely one of the biggest tearjerkers on that album. Yeah. To 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 go on a little bit of a lighter note, since this got real heavy real fast. Yeah. Um, it's it gets better is hilarious. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so I didn't get until fairly recent. I'm gonna I'm gonna say within the last year or so that it was not about the it gets better movement because at oh, first no. I thought that's what it was. Uh -uh. And uh, 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 I wasn't the only one thinking this, apparently. Like, mm -hmm. I guess some dude at the Rolling Stone wrote about how it was about uh, being a gay kid and how it gets better. And, nope. and Nate Roos had to come out and be like, uh, no, I'm not gay. And it's about losing your virginity. It's about sex, guys. <laughs> and the, the minute I, I heard it was about losing your virginity, the song became so funny. Like. <laughs> It's From the so opening, with just, oh my god, what have we done? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I can't, it's, it's, it's,
a cheerful song already. You know, it's very frantic in its energy. I, I, I guess frantic like two nasty sweaty teens getting it on badly. <laughs> <laughs> like it does in retrospect evoke a lot of of that. We're doing it in the upstairs bedroom of my friend, and we're at this party, and we're not supposed to be doing this here, but we are. <laughs> yeah, it it has this awkward. <laughs> This awkward energy of it it doesn't really feel like it should work, but no. it's, it works anyway. It, it does <laughs> much like the first time. And like you can you can pinpoint the part where you know he's orgasmed. Where where God. it just starts sampling random shit. <laughs> And he's going, oh my god, in the background, but like with synths on, <laughs> fading in and out, <sighs> and like like now, like like I used to enjoy the song, and it's still a bop. It's definitely very danceable, and it's it's one of the few just straight up cheerful songs I think on this album. Hmm. But now it's just so funny. <laughs> oh my god, no. that the cor- it's one of my favorite choruses on this album. What have yeah. we done? <laughs> oh my god. It gets better. It gets better. It's not always gonna be bad. <laughs> I know it hurts at first, but it gets better. I'll learn if I keep having sex with you. If oh, we, please. If we, just, if we just keep doing it, it'll get better. <laughs> Alright. Um, Alright. Let's do, you wanna... do favorite songs. Alright, you go first. Okay. Um, as always, it's gonna be tough. But, mm. let's see. I'm gonna go ahead and say Some Nights, because uh, it's a great song for all the reasons I've already said. Second favorite, it's gonna be All Alright. Again, it holds a very special place in my heart um mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not gonna get sad again Mm-mm. um so you carry on uh, i see what you did there <laughs> and then the last one i'm gonna go ahead and say stars interesting choice um i love that song it's such a great moment on the album as that Sort of final note. I love how the ending sort of just devolves into this distorted vocal saying, you're always holding on to stars. I love that moment. It's fun really leaning into the hip-hop experimentation that they do on this album. They're Mm -hmm. really leaning into it and really going all out and saying, yeah, we're going to make this weird project and it's going to be amazing. And it is. And so they really play around with that. But it also still sounds and feels so fun. Like, as in so much like the band. Um, and that's that's what's so great about Some Nights, is that mm-hmm. it definitely has that hip-hop uh, pop influence. Yeah. But still has that unique footprint of fun every single song that fun does 
much like Bastille, fun sounds mm-hmm. like fun. Agreed. But there's nothing, there's no one that quite does what fun does as well as fun does it. And I love them for that. And Stars is a perfect example of them really flexing in their craft. So those are my three favorites. Cool. That's all I'll say about that. Your turn. Okay, I'm gonna have to say some nights because like like I said, there's it's it's the it's the balance between the existential dread and the potential for hope and for all the happiness at the end of the rainbow. And I, I, I love that. And there's and it's such a poetic song and and the melody is gorgeous and the beat is fantastic and I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love everything about that song. You know what? I'm gonna have to say I really like Why Am I the One. <laughs> oh. It's it's almost kind of whiny. It's so but depressing. it's it's a really pretty song. It's pretty. Um part of part of why I like it is because I really like the music video. Mm. <laughs> like I, I recognize that, that that song is now gonna be forever linked to this poor wandering suitcase that's just trying to get home. <laughs> but there's there's something there's something very tragic about always being the one to have to pack your stuff up and leave. Like you're always doing the leaving. And um Yeah. I I get why that's sad. And there's a lot of sympathy induced in this song. Mm-hmm. This is like my homeward bound song. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. I just really enjoy it. And lastly, I'm going to say Out on the Town, which is a bonus track, mm-hmm. but it is one of my favorite songs that they've ever done. Yeah. Ever. I don't know why. <laughs> it's another one of those. Um, no, you know what it is? It's like the 11 o'clock hour number. Where everything is coming to a head, and it's like you're at the end of a John Hughes movie, and someone's running to your window mm. to to like make everything right because everything has gone so wrong, and mm-hmm. it's just the general energy of that song, and I really, I really like it, and it's really beautiful, and it it, it again it does the the balance between depressing and yet hopeful that a change can come out of this. And I think that sums up the general theme, maybe, of this album. Depression with a little sprinkle of hope on top. I don't know. But um, I just really enjoy Out on the Town. I don't know why it... Even Spotify recognized it uh, as being one of my top played songs when they did that, what is it, the Summer Rewind thing? Yeah. And it was at the top of my playlist. I was like, I didn't even remember listening to it that often. <laughs> And yet here it is. And I really like the imagery of I'm causing a scene thinking you need a reason to smile. Yeah. I don't know why I love that. It's definitely it's like a rom com kind of song. Right. Right. It it yeah. It, especially that line of causing the scene thinking you need a reason to smile. That that's ten things I hate about you. Heath Ledger, yeah. right there. Yeah, and that's beautiful. You need, you need songs like that. They're just 
they're just cute. They're fun. They're a little There's unrealistic, a pattern. but they're nice. There's a pattern, listeners. If you picked up, if it's a sappy love song, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> okay, we have feelings. We have uh, so many. I pretended for a long time I didn't have any, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting in touch with them. And and out on the town is a beautiful song, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Mm-hmm. Now that we we've, we've finished talking about fun, uh, I mean, we did. I could never be finished talking about fun, but in the interest of time, uh. We've finished talking about fun, and it's time for our brand new, well, not brand new, we did it last week, but it's time for the newest segment that we've been doing on our show. It's our up-and-coming segment where we talk about artists that we have been discovering and sort of slowly falling in love with, or quickly falling in love with, who knows. Um. And yeah, we got two new artists this week. Um, do you want to kick us off with the first one, Katia? So the band I want to talk about today is a pop punk band called Junior Battles. Uh, I discovered them very, very recently. Like we're talking this past Saturday <laughs> um, on Record Store Day. And my goal on Record Store Day, honestly, it was an excuse for me to go out and buy some records. And I, I literally just picked up albums that I thought looked cool. Like, that was my only goal. The best way to shop for the best, The best way to shop. I couldn't find the thing I wanted. So I was like, I'm just going to let, let nature and fate, kismet, whatever, take its course. Um, and one of the albums I picked up was their 2014 album rally and it's so good it is such a solid pop punk album it made me fall in love with this toronto-based band they're so great if uh if you were gonna start listening i would point you to the direction of the song three whole years which is it's just great they're the let me let me just sell them this way. They're the pop punk band for those of us in our mid twenties trying to figure out what the hell is happening. Always needed. Always needed. Um, my only disappointment is that they haven't put out a new album since twenty fourteen. I'm sad about it. <laughs> Please give me more. This is your I wake really, up call, guys. I really really like your music. Please give us more. Uh, I also really love the last song, Sports. Okay. It's, it's you were very good at in the parentheses. Uh, but if you're interested in checking them out, um, their Twitter is at Junior Battles. Uh, they're on Facebook as well, where lately all they've been, they, they've been uh, promoting their pop-punk Drake cover band, Thirst Behavior. Amazing. Right? <laughs> I, I really want to see them live, but of course they're in Toronto, and I am nowhere near Toronto. Okay. Fantastic band. Get on it. All right. Um, and the band that I want to share with you guys today um, is called The Obsessives. They are a Washington, D.C. band. They're super cool. 
They're also kind of a punk band. Kind of think uh, less pop punk and more, well, still pop punk, but a different side of the pop punk coin. Kind of more on the lines of American football, maybe even in shades of Hopalong. More punk feeling. Front bottoms maybe might be a good comparison to if you know any of those things. I listened to their song Surfer Rosa off their latest self-titled album. And I love that song because it feels very summer. And I've been in serious need of some summer vibes. So having Mm. that song was super, super fun to just, like, groove to. It's also super emo, which is great. Because deep down inside, I'm still super emo. If you want to follow them on the Twitter sphere, you can check them out at the underscore obsessives. And yeah, show them some love. Show them some love. Show Junior Battles some love. Uh, They are both on our radar. We love both of them. And we love being punk kids, even though we're in our mid-twenties now. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's cool. It's all good in the neighborhood. You can never get enough uh, punk vibes. Pop punk vibes. Um, Absolutely not. So yeah. But thanks for listening to our new artist segment. We hope, we hope you guys like this. We hope this is cool and interesting to you. And if you have bands that you want us to check out, please feel free to tweet at us. Um, yeah. Let us we know. We are always looking. We are literally always on the hunt Seriously, for new music. It's all I do. It's all I do. Um, and yeah, also let us know if any of the bands that we've um, introduced on the podcast are bands that you end up checking out and liking, because that would also make us feel good. To know that we're sharing some sharing the good word and yeah so that concludes our episode on yeah. fun before we end and before we get into our normal outro spiel i do want to say and give a huge shout out and huge love to san for men because if you have been following us on Twitter, you would know that Sand for Men actually listened to our episode last week and said it was, um, he said that it was the, one of the more on-point discussions of their music that he's heard. Which, how crazy is that, guys? It was the most beautiful compliment we have ever received ever it was it was wonderful to know that an artist that we love has interacted with us in return and so (laughs) completely (laughs) unexpected too because i mean we talked about this while we were doing the episode we both felt very conspiracy theory doing that episode and just like crazy putting together all these weird dots of what if it means this 
And this one was, word that he says that one time means this. It was very much that that meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie is like, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. Like, that was us. That was, as, if you've listened to the episode, you're well aware of how crazy uh, in depth we got into analyzing stuff. And he was cool with it. Yeah. He loved it. So that was dope. Um, so yeah, we wanted to share that moment because it definitely was um, a surprise, a pleasant surprise for us. And also, it totally strokes our egos and makes us that much more excited and about doing this because we've been <laughs> Sanferman certified. Yeah, we have. And we're going to take that as a green light to go ahead with Jack Rabbit the Musical. Yeah, and... forthcoming. See it on a <laughs> stage near you. <laughs> Eventually. Maybe. Probably. Definitely. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. If we write it, you'll be the first to know. If it, So stay tuned. If ye build it, they will come. Yeah, they will. Um, but yeah. So, now that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Follow mm-hmm. us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram at Rhapsody Podcast. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, leave us a rating or a review or both. Preferably Please, both. God, we, Please. we thrive on, on praise and constructive criticism, but mostly praise. No. <laughs> we need validation, guys. <laughs> Validate us. Please. Validate us like parking. Please. Um, uh, and please check our website at, for updates. We do post them. Uh, check the Twitter. That's always great. Yeah, do all those things. <sighs> do all of it. Share, Subscribe to our RSS. Share our, webs- our episodes with your friends. Yeah, if you like it, tell your friends. If you didn't like it, tell them anyway. Shut your face. We had conflicting messages. We're good, <laughs> but but really, we love and appreciate the fact that you keep coming back to listen to us. So thank you. And if you don't keep coming back, it was nice having you for at least a little bit of your time. Mm-hmm. Because um, you have many choices in this world of what you spend your time on. And you chose us. And that means something. So thanks. We're very happy. We're very happy about it. Mm -hmm. Why don't we hint at next week's episode so people can get hyped? So what's our hint, Hintmaster? Our hint is... This artist once had his music featured in a Broadway musical about a shipyard in England. Who could it be? So that was our hint. And see about Wednesday guest day. If you know who we're talking about, DM us. Make your guesses. We will reward you with eternal glory. Something in Valhalla. (laughs) 
Eternal Glory on the Rhapsody and Reverie podcast. But yeah, that's all we got for you. So bye. Yeah, you know. See you later. Peace up. Eight See you later, down. alligator. See ya. In a while. Um, We hope you had fun. I want to be the one. Oh, God. That makes you hit subscribe on iTunes. If you carry on like this, you'll be all alone. <laughs> At least I'm not as sad as I used to be. <laughs>